Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So we're going to be in, as we wrap up today, uh, this series on Sifted. We'll be in, uh, well, I'll read the text that we've been using, but then we're going to be mostly in, in Mark 4. So if you want to flip your Bible, click over there, whatever. And if you guys could give me some house lights, it'd be great. Um, but we're going to be there today, mostly in Mark 4. Um, I'm going to read you the text we've been using for Sifted, and then we'll, we'll go to, to Mark uh, 4 in just a moment. But just, I'm going to bounce around some, but just trust me, just stay in Mark 4. It'll be, it'll be the longest uh, scripture verses we use, okay? So this, this thing called Sifted, and one more thing I want to take. So next week, don't forget, uh, Pastor Steve Holsinger will be starting a series next week. Yes, he's over here. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to be here. I'm not checking out, but we have, um, it just, it worked out beautifully. Um, I had a ministry opportunity that, that kind of fell through, but, um, it worked out, uh, great for us because we're doing, uh, in our staff, we have a number of things that we've got to do. Um, and it's going to take a lot of time and energy. It's just some, uh, some, some changing of some, some softwares and different things we got to do. That's just a lot. So this is going to be a great plus for me. It gives me some time to do that. And then also, Haley and I, um, this week, just pray for us also. I forgot to tell you this, but pray for us. Uh, we start tomorrow. Haley and I both do. Um, we've, I've been doing this a couple of years now, helping uh, some church planters. So guys that and gals that are potential church planters. And, and this season's whole, to, totally different than anything else ever before. But we do assessments. And so Haley and I will be there starting tomorrow for two and a half days. And we'll be interviewing about 15 couples. And along with another 15 teams just like us. And we'll be going through different things. She's going to be helping with church planner wives. I'm going to be helping some of the leadership side. And there's other things from preaching to all kinds of stuff that they're going through. And basically, we, we I mean, not counsel, but we go through things and, and just evaluate and see, okay, here's some areas where I think you should watch out for. Here's some things you maybe want to study. Here's some things. But we're going to be doing that for the next two days. So pray for us as we do that. It's a big deal. There's a lot of people, you know, a lot of churches didn't get planned in the last two years. And, and matter of fact, more church, churches closed in the last two years than ever before. And it's really a sombering thing to think about, um, to think that in America that that would happen, but it has happened. And so we, we I feel urgency to help any way I can. So I told our guys, look, I will help in any way possible. So just pray for us as we do that. We'll be doing that the next couple of days. And then obviously Steve's going to be here Sunday preaching. I'll be here every weekend, but like it, I can't wait to hear him preach. He's going to do a whole series on Ruth. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. All right, so Luke 22. Let's go there. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. This is the text we've been using for this series. Luke 22 and verse 31 says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. And again, you can go back and listen to some of the first messages. I don't have time to get into that. But if you're questioning why would that even be in there, why would Jesus say something like that? Go back and listen to the first message. Okay, it's all, it's all you know, you know how to do it. So by now we know how to do that, surely. Verse 32, Jesus said, though, but I have prayed for you. So he is ever at the right hand of the Father interceding for you right now. He is praying for you. He's, look, don't you know already, he doesn't need you to squabble around about your weaknesses and about how you aren't the best Christian, how you wish you was better. He already knows who you are and what you are and what you've got going on. Stop all the squabble and understand he's praying for you anyway. That is good news. I thank God because, listen, my kids ask me, Dad, do you ever get nervous preaching? I said, sure I do. So anybody ever tells you they're not nervous preaching, I wouldn't listen to them because there's something wrong. If you don't have at least a little bit of intimidation thinking you're about to speak words for God to people that you're going to be held accountable for what you say, if you don't have the least bit of, <laughs> Lord, help me, <laughs> you know, you, there's something wrong. But, but, but they would ask me, are you, yeah, I get a little nervous, and I'm sure. Who wouldn't? 
right? So he says, though, but I've prayed for you. That's what assures when I do what I do. He's praying for me. When I feel nervous about talking to somebody about Christ, the Lord's with me. I know it. He's praying for me right now. He's praying for you right now. And he's praying for Peter. He said, I pray that your faith may not fail and that you, when you once have turned again, that you strengthen your brother. So I don't know if you've ever been around this. Uh, we, now, we call it the loop. What do you guys call the thing around Rome, the, the, the road that goes around Rome, Georgia? What do y'all call that? A bypass. What else? What'd y'all say? A loop. That's kind of what I call it, bypass loop. That, y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? The loop, the bypass, whatever. It, anyway, so... If you've ever been driving along and you get near the, um, the side, you know, if you hit that thing before, you know, you'd like, to... so I did it the other day, just, you know, I'm coming off, when we come off 27, hit the loop towards the church area, and so I'm doing little pipers in the back, and I hit this, uh, hit those little rumble strips, and it's, you know, in my truck, it's even worse, it's like, I mean, it feels like we're riding a horse wagon, you know, it's awful, you just, she's laughing, she thinks it's the fun, daddy, do it again, do it again. So here I am going around, great, one of my guys, friends at the city police is going to see me, just, I'm off on the rumble strips, you know, I'm going to get pulled over, what are you going to say? Hey, Pastor Jody, what's happening? Not enough, my kid wants to ride the rumble strips, you know? Yeah, right, okay, sure, uh-huh, can we, can we sit up outside the car, you all right? You know, she loves that, she thinks it's so fun. But those rumble strips are interesting. Have you ever looked up, you probably know what they're for, but uh, I had to look up just to be sure. You know, because sometimes you think you know what something's for and you don't, you think you know, but it's not true. So... Uh, they're made, you know, and designed to stop distraction. So if you are in your phone, which you shouldn't be, but if you are, and you get too far to the right or to the left, it, you hit that, to get, it, it jolts you back up, right? Or if you're snoozing, you know, like you're driving long trips, which is, you know, I mean, you know, if you do vacation stuff, long travel, it, it, after a while, you, you don't even realize sometimes you get sleepy driving. And those, if you just barely get off a little bit, you know, you're back up, and you're like, oh, man. And those, those things are designed for, the number one reason why they're there is to get your attention. That's it. That is the only reason they're there, to get your attention. Because something, you're, you're off course, or there's something um, dangerous that's coming. You, if you don't get off those rumble strips, it's letting you know you are potentially heading for danger. And if you hit it more than once or twice, you should stop, right? Like, if you're tired, don't keep driving. Pull over, get some coffee, or do something, do some jumping jacks. I don't know, roll down the window, do whatever you got to do, but you understand what I'm saying. So when I read this scripture to you from Peter, Peter is the guy who was sifted. And this is what he says. And I read this to you a couple weeks ago, but I'm using it for the context of what we're saying today. But he said, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Just keep your place in Mark 4, write this down. We're getting there. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, be of sober spirit. He says, be on the alert. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Be sober in spirit. Be on the alert. What this is like, if you could look at this, be sober in spirit, it means someone who is aware of their surroundings. They don't need rumble strips. They're not tired. They're not texting. They're watching where they're going. To be alert means it's, you get some attention on this. It's not only just be sober in spirit, it means be alert. Understand, there is a real something out there you need to watch out for. And Peter, if there is anybody who knows about the sifting process, it is Peter and he's saying to you, do not be deceived. If you don't believe that he's not out there trying to take you down, you have been fooled. He's saying, wake up. Be on the alert. He's out there looking for a way to take you down. 
So let me read this context for you from 2 Timothy 4. We're getting to Mark 4. Just give me a minute. But to be sober, listen to this, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 1 through 5, listen to what he says. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God, and I'll put the whole thing up, I wanted you to see it uh, in one context, okay? But I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. He says, before anything else, Timothy, it is important, it, I, it is imperative, I... I don't know how it's, what other words to use for Christians right now. Please hear me. I am not this preacher that is going to, you know, do fire and brimstone at you and all that kind of stuff and try to scare the living daylights out of you. I am trying to make you clearly understand to me today. It is imperative that you pay attention to this. Amen. This is more important right now than possibly any other generation in our nation. It's more important than your economic indicators. It's more important than your job and your career indicators. It is more important than what your kids are doing at school or what path they may take. And we got kids, so I get all that. But I'm telling you, this is so important that Peter, that Paul, when writing to Timothy, he says to Timothy, first and foremost, Timothy, I want you to preach the word of God. It is that important. Before anything else, preach the word of God. Be ready in season and out of season. That just means whether the times are good or bad, favorable or unfavorable. Whether people like it or don't like it, preach it. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, great patience, have this with them with instruction. For the time will come, verse 3. Why do you say preach the word? Because the time is coming. And it doesn't mean it's the last days. So sometimes we get confused all this. Well, this is the end of time because people aren't listening. That's not the point. It could be the end of time. I don't know. I can't. There are indicators that give you this and that, and they've said it for the last thousands of years. They thought in the Bible Jesus was coming back in 20 years. I mean, they, they all believed it. But Jesus hasn't come back yet, okay? But there's plenty of indicators that show you he could come back any point. There is not one thing in this Bible that you can find that says, no, he's not, it's not time for him to come back. He could return at any moment. There is not one thing, not one thing. The stuff you see in Israel right now, the stuff you see right now, all these rumors of wars, that's been going on forever. What do you think they thought when the Romans came in and destroyed Jerusalem? Oh, he's coming back now for sure, but he didn't. I'm just telling you, there is nothing left that could stop him from returning right now. Not one thing. Now that ought to get our attention. So he says, but there's a time coming, whether it's the end of days or it's the time we're now or or a season, it doesn't matter. He just says there is a time coming where people will not endure sound doctrine. The word is no longer primary focus. And he says, but they want to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And this is why there's nothing wrong. I got plenty of pastors I listen to. I have a pastor. I just talked to mine last week, okay? It, I, it, there's nothing wrong with having teachers. That's not the point. The point is, if I can scroll and click, I can get what I want to hear. This is why Paul told him that you preach the word, whether favorable or unfavorable, because there's coming a time where people will not endure sound doctrine, but they want to have the ears tickled. They will accumulate from those teachers according to their own desires, and they'll turn away the ears from the truth, And then they will turn aside to myths. My goodness, have we not had a few the last couple of years? Now, don't get all like that with me. 
Y'all know y'all believe some weird stuff in the last couple of years. It wasn't true, wasn't it? You thought some stuff. You thought for sure. Oh, no, no, no. But now you realize, yeah, that's kind of weird, man. Like, I can't believe I thought that. It's because it's easy to have. It's an easy thing to come across. It's easy to believe something because it just happens. But anyway, it says, but you, you verse 5, but you, Timothy, you be, watch, sober in all things. Endure hardship, do the work of evangelism, fill your men. He's be sober. In all this, he's saying, you have a sound mind. You be sober in spirit. You keep your eyes on where you're going, Timothy. If you keep yourself sober, watch board, keep your eyes on the word of God. Don't deviate. It's going to be all right. But don't you let these other things pull you away that's pulling uh, many away. He said, because the time's coming where it's going to happen. You've got to be watchful and aware of what, what's going on around you. And you didn't need the rumble strip if you're watching where you're going. But when you need the rumble strip is when you didn't see it coming. And so this, this other is be sober, and then he says be alert. <clears throat> it, to be alert. It means, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this happen before, but we have, so we live off of the road, okay? Anybody else live off the road, like behind trees, behind, the, you know, people can't even see your house from the road. Anybody else? Yeah. We're, we're the kind of house where at nighttime, you don't pull up to our house unless you know us. Like, we're not in a subdivision, you know what I mean? It's like, if you pull down our driveway, you best know the house you're going to. It's so far back in there. People don't even like to come. Like, my kids are worried. Before, Dad, what if somebody wants to break in the house? I'm like, you know, honey, they come down through here. They got to know us pretty much. I don't think they're coming down here. I mean, we got coyotes and everything. People be scared. They hear that. Like, oh, no, what's that, man? I don't know what it is. Man, what is there everywhere? They go, they don't run. They're scared, you know. But I, one, I have, this has happened before where I have been asleep, sound asleep. And all of a sudden, I just jolt up in the bed, right? And my heart just, I'm thinking, there's somebody in the house. There's somebody in the house. Now I've got three babies, a wife. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, there's somebody in the house. And the first thing I think is, man, i got to find something. Like, you know Look around for a golf club or whatever you got, you know. I mean, we're upstairs to the farthest way up. And I'm like, but I don't send my wife down there. Hey, baby, go see what's that. Go see who it is. I send my little piper down there. You know, she might take him out. And she's like karate stuff, man. She might. But I go down, and, and I'm going down like on the alert, baby, with whatever I got in my hand to see what it is. And, you know, and it, it's never been anything. I don't know what or why, but have you ever had that happen? You just, man, you were on alert, Haley told me she didn't like, you know, and it's whatever you do with guns. I don't really care. I, then I don't want to get into all that. But we, we have some rifles and shotguns, whatever else like that. And we do all the things. I've been through the course and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, so she's never liked the gun. Never liked guns at all. Never. I mean, we don't shoot really anything, do much at anything. I just got them. So I'm out of town. I'm in Israel uh, one trip. And she calls me up on the phone. It's in the middle of the night. Jody. Yeah, baby, what's wrong? The door in the house was open. I said, well, what do you mean? My first thought is, well, call 911. She goes in. Why, why, why are you going in? We don't know what's in there. Call the, call the people. We get done. There's nothing there. They must have left the door open, whatever. Anyway, she's on full alert. And then she tells me the after it's over, she says, but, all right, there's nothing. But where's that gun at, by the way? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it is, we're not, we don't, I need to know where the shotgun is just in case, baby. She's on alert, man, until I get back. And so I'm telling you that because that's what it is. You need to get so alert that if you get on those rumble, you, 
After some of you calm down, you were alerted for a reason. Now think logically as to why. And this reminds me of this in Mark 4. And that's where we're going to go right now and wrap up today. This is the ultimate sifting. As a pastor, I plead with you to hear me for the next 15 minutes. If you're sleepy, stand up. If, you're, if it's hot in here, look, it's hotter up here, I promise you. It's 10 degrees more with everyone in the light bulbs. You just count up the temperature. It's hotter up here than it is out there. Hear what I'm about to tell you right now. Please, I plead with you to listen to me for the next 10, 15 minutes. Mark chapter 4 and verse 10, this is the parable of the sower, but this is the results of the parable of the sower. And before you go, well, I've heard that before. If you do that, I'm telling you, he is already doing what I'm about to tell you. If you just thought in your mind, well, I already know that parable, I would caution you and be on the alert. Because that says to me then, it's gotten so comfortable with you, you've heard this so many times that you no longer need to hear it again. And that is a dangerous place to be in as a Christian. To think there's a portion of God's word that I've heard enough that I understand it all. That's a dangerous place to be in as a believer. So, Mark chapter 4, this is the results of the, the parable he's just given to the public. Now he's with his disciples and his, his followers. He has 12 disciples, but he's also got followers with him. Very close people. And he says, as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the 12, began asking him about these parables, the parable of the sower, verse 11. And he was saying to them, to you has been <clears throat> given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, get everything in parables. So that while seeing, they may not see, and perceiving, they and, and not perceive, and while hearing, they may not hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. And this is a very interesting thing when you read this. And they still did not understand what Jesus was saying. So then Jesus says this in verse 13. He says unto them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? And Jesus stops and says, the sower sows the word. He is so Remember, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is why this is so important right now. The sower sows the word. The word of God is so important right now to help us land on what is necessary to follow God, to be a Christian, and know what it even means anymore to be a Christ follower. And he says, there are these four groups of people. He gave each different one, and these are the results of his findings, of what Jesus says. So he says, here's the first group. Now, now pay attention to what I'm about to say. Group one. Jesus says this in verse 15. This is the group that are beside the road where the word is sown. Remember, the sower is sowing the word. He's, he's planting his seed. <clears throat> and when they hear, did they hear the word? Did they hear the word? They heard the word. So what happened was, the word was what? It was planted. It was sown. He sowed the word. <clears throat> and it says, when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. This was very frustrating when I read this. Um, I, I, I use a number of commentaries for my readings. I, I find them to be very educational, and um, I like the way these guys write. But Matthew Henry is one of my favorite. It's very, um, one of the more common commentaries. <laughs> but uh, I, I like how he writes. He's very, the way and the form and the flow and how he writes, it's, he's very intellectual, I, I find. The way he, he, he explains things in a very good way. And when I was reading about Henry's um, commentary, this is what he said this group was. It was a group of people who heard the word. It was sown. But they were only in it, watch this, for the entertainment. 
It was amusing to them. It was just entertaining. He, he likes it, and I had to read this over and over, and I thought, this is, this is disgusting. Because to think there are people who just go and to be entertained. They're a part of a, a circle of Christianity in some form that just is for entertainment. He aligned it to this in Mark 6. You can read about it later, but Herod... He talked about how Herod, Herod was perplexed and confused or kind of like, he was a bit intrigued by John the Baptist. He was a little scared of him, but he was intrigued by John the Baptist. And it actually says this about him, but he enjoyed listening to him. Now, y'all know Herod, right? Herod was a freak. If there's ever a freak, he was a freak. He was freaky freak, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) This brother was out of control freak. I mean, whatever you think you've heard today that's happened here, let me just tell you, that brother invented it. It was, he was crazy freaky. But he was intrigued by John the Baptist. He was entertained. John the Baptist even said this, well, for what have you come out to the wilderness for? What'd you come out here for, to hear a preacher? Wow, what'd you come out here for? This first group, Jesus says, they are amused by what they hear. They are entertained. And therefore, the word does not benefit them. Immediately, Satan steals the word. And I've thought so many times about this. Man, we got to do a better job of this. I got to help people. And then I realized, oh my goodness. The sower sowed the same word. It was not the seed that was the problem. It was the soil. And the interesting thing about this, we just bought seed. I just bought some stinking seed, okay? That stuff is pricey. I don't know if you ever bought heirloom seed, right? You plant and stuff. But there is some seed, and then there's heirloom seed. But that stuff ain't cheap. And I just know this much when we get it, I don't see my kids getting the seed and getting just a. <laughs> I don't, that is not the. He didn't just sow and here's the footpath and he goes, okay, hey, let's see how that does. He planted the seed. Now, some fell among the footpaths. Some was here. But his indicator is not about the footpath as far as he tried to plant it there. He's saying it doesn't work in the footpath. Entertaining and being amused by God's word isn't going to benefit you at all because Satan's going to immediately steal. Because why? It is only for amusement and entertainment. God will never reveal more revelation to someone. That was like eye-opening to me. The second group. Is this, he says, in a similar way, very important, let me put this up to you, Matthew, let's see, uh, Mark's gospel chapter 4, let's get verse 16. Look at what Jesus is saying here, and if you guys can put that up, that verse. He says, in a similar way, these are the ones whom seed was sown on the rocky places, in a similar way. Do you guys have that? Mark 4, 16, there we go. Look at this. So I want you to pay attention to this first group and second group, in a similar way. He, he was sowing the word, but in a similar way, in the idea of being entertained or amused by what is taking place, in a similar way. You understand what I mean? In a similar fashion, this is the condition of the soil of this individual or this group. He says, in a similar way, this is sown on the rocky places who, when they hear the word, in other words, it's been sown, watch this, they immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but are only temporary Then watch this, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. 
it, it refers to this. It is people who build their Christianity simply on emotion. It means this. It's like they're up and then they're down. They're up and then if the preaching's good, they get a bill they can't pay. It's like, oh, God's left me. They're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. Woo, wasn't that worship good today? Yeah, man. I was like, woo. And then I was like, yeah. And I was like, woo, I can feel the goosebumps. Like Jesus in the house. Holy Spirit, woo. And the next day you talk to them, they're like, they can't even tell you a Bible verse. Well, you just don't understand what happened to me. My boss said I got to work extra this week. I feel like God don't even love me anymore. It's up and down. It's up. They just... And so immediately, the first one, the enemy steals. Because it's for amusement entertainment. He knows, nah. But this other group is different. Because it's built on emotion. It's like there's a chance they might build their lives on the word. So what does he do? Comes at them with some persecution. Let's throw a little trial in them. Let's, let's sift them. And because it's built on emotion. And listen, I love the goosebumps, man. I love that song we sing. Yeah, baby. Woo. I love it. Yeah. But I can't live on that. I can't bottle it up, stick it in my back pocket, and when I got a rough day, boom, thank you. There's the people singing, ah, Jesus in the blood. I, I can't take all that home in a bottle. I can't live on emotion. Gotta live on what? God's word. And I love good song, and I love good preaching, I love all that. But I can't bottle that up and live off of that. He told me to live on his word. Not on the word of other people, not on the music every Sunday, but on his word. Or when persecution comes, he'll steal it. I came across this in Jeremiah chapter 12. Listen to this. And when, when I talk about persecution and affliction, again, you understand, I am not talking about traumatic thing. I'm not talking about, you know, you got sick and you got some disease or whatever and, and God's letting. I'm not talking about that. It's persecution for the word. You heard the word of God. He is out to steal the word. That's what he's coming for. Because if you can get the word out of your life, you're not going to build your life on anything solid. It's going to be on sand. So he says, I mean, and, there, and think about this. There is a reason why, when you think about persecution, you just can't live on emotion. My kids love Disney World. They want to go back right now. Today, they pack up right now and just go. But you can't live in Disney World. You can work there. I've told my kids, you can work there. You can intern there. You can get a job there. But you can't live in the park. It closes at like 10 o'clock. You can't live with Mickey Mouse. He ain't going to come there and be like, hello, you know, and give you like cookies every day. That ain't how it works. That stinking mouse has cost me a lot of money. And I love Walt Disney, but that thing, that mouse, that little joker, that was a smart man. No cute little mouse costing people everywhere money. But you can't live in Disney World. It's just, that's why there's fewer vacation weeks and there's more work weeks because you can't live on that. It's, it's not sustainable. Jeremiah 12.5, listen to this. this is a, I, I just thought about where we are right now in, in, in our nation. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, it says, watch this. If you have to run with the footmen and they have tired you out, how can you compete with the horses? Then he says, if you fall down in a land of peace, in other words, if you can't make it in America with your Christianity, how will you ever make it with my friends over in Thailand, in Myanmar, Ukraine? How are you ever going to make If this right here, if this, if a pandemic can kick the tail of the church to the point where right now, my friends, 
this is Dallas. My friend, Pastor Robert Morris, our pastor, but my pastor at the church, my overseer pastor, we just talked last week. Do you understand? It is heartbreaking to hear, but every person who tells us about 50 to 60% of the church is going back. It, either online or in person. I'm not talking about, I'm not people watching online and in the house, both. There's a whole another half of the church's population that has just if we can't make it in America let me tell you Jack we would be in big trouble if we were overseas right now it is something to think about if we can't make it in the land of plenty and peace man I got a buddy who lives in the backside of Iraq in the city of Erbil he's had to fight the Taliban he's had to fight the Al-Qaeda he's had to fight it all while preaching the gospel and having babies in the middle of a terrorist region I thought, I mean, I've told my name, what, what, I can't even imagine. My buddy Ariel, who we all support. If you go up there and look on that wall in the outreach back there, over in Thailand, the stuff's going on in Myanmar, the uprising, all the stuff that's happened over there, going in and out, in and out, doing what he does. He has to hide in the ceiling sometimes. Not because he's cool and trendy, because he's got stuff on TikTok, whatever. No, because he's preaching the word. He's out there hiding him in the ceiling. Because he's preaching the word. What? Because he's preaching the word. Anyway, it just got me thinking. What would happen if it was a real persecution in our nation? If a pandemic can throw us, and it made me think, that's why we have got to make sure this right here is number one in our lives. You cannot build your life on emotions, and you cannot build your life on entertainment. This right here has got to be first and front and center. It don't mean you understand everything about it. I don't understand everything about it. I ain't even come close. The more I think I know, the less I know. But the point is, build your life on God's word. This third group. Look at this. Third group. Verse 18. And the other people who are the ones whom the seed was, seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word. In other words, same thing. The seed's been planted. But verse 19. But the worries of the world... The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, they enter in and they choke out the word, and it becomes, watch, unfruitful. It didn't say it didn't grow. It just didn't produce any fruit. The funny thing is about weeds. I hate weeds. Now, if you don't garden, if you don't do, like, whatever, yard work or whatever, you might not know this. If you have all concrete, then praise the Lord. But even if you have all concrete, have you ever noticed? Like, you never see a beautiful flower grow up through the crack in the concrete. What comes up? Oh, nasty old weed. Ugly thing. And the sun can burn your grass down. It can kill the flowers. Everything will be a drought and just knock it off. But that weed will still be there, won't it? Like, it's like, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. You don't mess with me. I mean, it's just, a weed is crazy. Weeds will grow up where things have been planted and sowed. And a weed will grow up and it will take the space. It will take the soil nutrients. And it will take the sun to the point where that little plant that was trying to grow, it'll still be there, but it can't do anything because all of its nutrients, its sunlight, and the space has been crowded. It's choked out. Now, before I go any further, and you thought, well, I'm not group one or group two, can we all be honest this morning? I'll go first. I fall into this category. I fall into group four, too, which is one we all love to be in all the time, but let's just be real this morning, can we? Sometimes do we not worry a little too much? Just a little bit. Sometimes don't we, 
Nothing wrong with having a good business. I mean, I don't know if any pastor doesn't want their church to succeed. Why would we not? I, I want you to succeed. It makes the church life easier. I don't worry so much financially. If you do well, the church does well. It's easier to do ministry. I, I never understood the pastor stand up and say, God don't want you to have anything. That's ridiculous. God wants you to be blessed. It's all throughout the Bible. He just don't want the stuff to have you. If we're honest, I think all of us probably have chased some things the last couple of years, maybe. <clears throat> maybe worried too much. <clears throat> maybe put some stuff where it shouldn't have been. Maybe the money thing, maybe a little too far. What, what, whatever it might be, but I think all of us probably fall sometimes <clears throat> in this group three. And James says it like this. He says, therefore, put aside all this filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. And he says, in humility, receive the word that has been implanted which is able to save your souls. It's referring to your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's not referring to your spirit. It's referring to the, a renewed mind changes your life. Salvation is through the blood of Jesus. You're not going to read more of God's word and get saved. You get saved by faith in Christ. That's a simple, and he, he made that the simplest thing of all. But if you want to grow in Christ, if you want to have a foundation, build your life on the rock, you have to renew your mind with God's word. That's how it happens. Receive the word of God, which has been implanted to save your soul. All of us, I think at times, we all <clears throat> worry too much. We all think about probably our careers too much. I mean, I told you, I'll go first. I mean, I have been concerned about our church probably too much. I love all you guys, love all you guys watching online too. But it, it's been a bit of a burden the last couple of years. It does, it bothers me that over half of the people that once said this was their church home. And by the way, they didn't go to another church. They're just gone. And it's not just this church. <clears throat> it's all across America. That's a lot of people that somehow, some way, <clears throat> this was either entertainment or an emotion. And it didn't stick. And that may not weigh on you, but as a spiritual leader, that weighs on me. But at some point I have to go, well, God, that's not mine to carry. That's yours to carry. I'm going to do the best I can, but I got to give that to you. So I told you I'd go first. What are you worrying about? What's on your mind right now? Well, I'm worried about Ukraine and Russia. We're Russia, Russia, Russia. You ever thought about the flip side of what's going on over there? Right now, one of the other people that you support out there on the wall, the Aliyah Return Center in Israel, he's preparing right now for 70, he can't take them all, 75,000 Russian Jews to immigrate or to repatriate back to Israel to, to do Aliyah. 75,000. Now, we're all worried about the tanks and all this stuff on the front lines out there. What if God is just saying, well, you go ahead, Mr. Putin. Do your thing. Woo. Everybody gets in a turmoil. Everybody's, ah, oh, what are we going to do? And the whole time God's saying, I'm moving my people because in my word I said that I'd be calling them back home. So while y'all, ah, I'm moving 75,000 Jews back to Israel. See, we don't think like that. We worry too much about what we see on the outside. And God's saying, look, you know what? I see all that. I said, but watch it. And that'll never make the news. But right now, there's a guy in Israel right now. And not just to bring him in, but to bring the gospel to them who have never heard. That's pretty cool to me, man. Like to see God's word working. And we don't even, we go, well, it's Russians. Ah. God's saying, no, Jesus, man. Watch what Jesus is doing right now. And the last, last group is the one we all obviously want to be in. Group 4, Mark 4 and verse 20, he says, These are the ones whom the seed was sown on the good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit. 
30, 60, and 100-fold. 30, 60, and 100-fold. And we all want to be there. Let's just be honest. We all want to be there. I do. Man, I'd love to say, man, I'm 100% all the time. Man, I got, I'm just being real with you, man. There's times I don't want to pray. There's times I don't want to read my Bible. I'd rather do other stuff than do whatever. I mean, there are times when I'm, I'm a regular dude, just like every other human in this room. But at some point, I can't let that start getting too deep in my life. I have to wait a minute. Now, I can do this, this, but hold on. I got to come back because I know from, from where my help comes from. Hold on, this is, this is primary. So let me ask you a question this morning. What group am I in? And what group do I want to be in? It's a real question. Can I challenge all of us who are watching online or watching the room right now? Can I challenge our church right now? All of us, listen to me. Just hear the words of this guy. I'm not, I, I don't have, I got a few gray hairs, but I'm not old enough to give you the kind of wisdom that like of the sages, you know? But I've been in this enough to tell you this. Please don't build your faith on amusement. Please don't build your faith on amusement. I mean, I'm throw some jokes out every now and then. I'll do what I can to live in the room when I can. You can't just pay attention. That's all I'm doing most of the time. And sometimes I say stuff I don't even mean to. And Haley tells me later, what were you thinking? I wasn't. It just came out. I don't know. <laughs> you know. It makes me so nervous because Joey's got all this stuff recorded. And who knows? He's got all this stuff built up in an archive, man. I'm like, you know, if he ever wanted to, he'd just like hijack my life. Like, you know, I'm going to play this. TikTok, there you go, baby. You know, Pastor Joey. <laughs> Don't build your life on amusement and entertainment. And then don't build your life on emotion. I love, listen to me. I've been in the kind of services where, oh man, you come in, you just sense everything. It's just the best, the best, the best. But you know what? Let me tell you something. I have found this to be true. It don't matter how great the service is. It doesn't matter how many goosebumps you feel. I don't care how much holy, 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 uh, oily, oily, feely. I don't, it don't matter. Any of that stuff is great. But it don't matter. The people who can tell you all these great things they've experienced are no different than the people who've experienced nothing. Because you all come back to building your life on this. You can't build on emotion. It will not sustain you. It will rob you because here's why. At some point, emotion will not get you through. You will have to have something that holds you and anchors your soul, and that's his word. And can I just pray for you this morning in this area right here? The devil knows how to deceive us. He knows how to trick us. and knows how to get you to worry. And I think it would be a good thing to do today is just to give this all to Jesus. So how do I do it? How do I deal with what Jesus is saying in group three then? Because I think, don't, can't we be honest? We all teeter-totter between group four and group three. Let's just be honest, right? Don't sense, no sense in acting like, no, not me, Pastor Jody. I'm totally bearing fruit all the time. Like I'm bearing, right now, I just bear fruit. Everywhere I go, no, you're not. You're just not. You're irritating is what you are. That's not true. And we all know that. Real people know you're not so cool. We know that. We know you struggle. We know you have issues. We all do. So stop trying to be so holy. Like we know, we get it. You know, we see you and we go like, you're weird. Like, you know, you're not, you're not that great. Be, be, recognize what's going on. So how do I deal with, if I get in that group three, what do I do? Well, Jesus says in verse 24, he says, take care what you listen to. 
Because by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you. And then more will be given to you besides. For whoever has, to him will more be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. He's saying, be careful and pay attention in how you receive the word of God. When when someone's preaching, when Pastor Steve starts preaching the next couple weeks, be careful that you don't just go, well, I've read the book of Ruth. Be careful that when you hear God's word, it's not a, well, you know, I know that. Because he who hears, he's saying, if you pay attention to what you hear, more revelation will be given unto you. Not, well, I don't understand that verse of the scripture, then pay attention to it more. What do you mean, Pastor? It means read it more. Stop and don't just get it on your phone going down the road and go, oh, that's my verse of the day. It's great. Fine, th- that's fine. Take the time to read this Mark 4 again. Read it again and again and again. How you hear it or how you receive that seed determines the production and the fruit that comes next. So when I plant a seed, how I care for it, how I water it, how I nurture it depends on how it grows. So Jesus said, if you want to know how to, if you get, get in that group three and you want to get out of it quickly, go back to how did you pay attention to the word that you're hearing? What are you doing with that which has been sown in your heart? I think of all the things that I've been given, all the word that's been sown in my heart over 20 years. I mean, I just, I go back and I think, mercy. What I have been given, most people would love to have. And then what have I, have I embraced or have I cherished that which God has given me? How I receive it is how it's produced in my life. So this morning, I want to pray for you. And I want to ask you to do me a favor. Just close your eyes just right where you are. And I want to pray for you this morning. And I want, I want to pray for you specifically. Man, listen, if you, because I know if you're in this room right now and you're watching online right now, I know you're not in group one or two. I know that. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I know because you, you're here, you're watching online, you're a part of the church, you're still trying, like, I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. You're not building on the entertainment, you're not building your life on, on emotion. You are, man, but this pull of this world, this worry of the stuff that's going around me, it's just, it's just Pastor, it's overwhelming at times. I'm trying to make sure I got this set up and that set up, and, and I get it, I'm with you. So just right where you are, would you close your eyes? Let me pray for you right now. Let's just give this to Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you today, Lord, and we just ask you to help us, God. If there's people in here, they're worried about the future. They have anxiety. They, they have so much care. and concern. They see things on the TV. They see things. They hear this news about what's happening all around us. And it seems like every day there's something else to be concerned about. There's always something new that's coming down. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Would you help us to give you the cares of this life? Would you help us to just give you right now, as Peter would say, cast your cares over on the Lord because he cares for you. He doesn't want you to be worried and burdened down with anxieties and and, and things that that aren't even maybe going to even happen. Father, help us right now. We just give those worries to you right now. We give you our worries about our kids, our jobs, our careers, about the next steps. In Jesus' name, we give you our worries and our cares about the future of our nation or the future of another nation or what may or may not take place. We just we give that to you right now, Lord, and say, God, would you give us your peace that passes all understanding. 
And Lord, we pray right now against the deceitfulness of riches. God, we want to be blessed. God, we want to bless our church. Bless the family members in this church. God, bless them with blessings that come from heaven. Overflow their lives of blessing, God. I mean, just, just pour out your blessing upon them, Lord. Biblical stuff that's all throughout the Abrahamic blessing, God. Bless them with so much so that they are able to be a blessing and give away so much. But God, help us to not be deceived by it. To remember that the blessing of God comes from you, that you give us the power to get wealth, not this world. In the name of Jesus, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would help us, the desires of other things that you talked about. God, just help us put it in perspective. You don't mind us having stuff. God, just help us always remember to not let that stuff have us. Just help us today, God. Realign our lives with your word. May it be the most important thing in our lives. And may we build our lives on your word. And Lord, I pray right now, if there's anybody listening, they're watching online or in this room, that they don't know you, I pray right now for them. I pray that they would pray this prayer and they would turn to you. As you said in your word, one of the first things, if they hear the word, they hear it. If they would turn, they would be healed. If they would turn and receive, they would be saved. And so right now I pray for them and I pray that they pray this prayer and turn to you right now. If you're in this room or you're watching online, you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, right now in your heart, you sense this need. I need to accept Christ I'm telling you, this is your opportunity. Do not let Satan steal the word that you have just heard. Do not leave today or click off of that, off your computer or tablet, whatever you're watching by your TV, without taking the moment to pray this prayer. He would love more than anything for you to say, well, I'll do it later. No, today is the day of salvation. So would you pray this with me right now? This whole church is going to pray with you right now. You're not going to pray by yourself. We will pray out loud with you right now. Just say this. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life and I give you my heart. Father, I receive Jesus as my Savior. I accept what Jesus did for me. And I thank you, Lord, that I am saved that I am forgiven, that I am free from guilt, I am free from shame, and I am free from condemnation. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen and amen. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.